Is your dog's behaviors a byproduct of the environment they live in? Well, I think the short answer to that is yes. But on this week's episode, we're going to dive into it a little bit more. We're going to talk about the different energies and how they can affect your dog, not only in a positive way, but also a negative way. So let's dive into it next. Alright guys, welcome to this week's episode. I want to start, well first I'll introduce myself since it's been a while. I am Jake from OnDogTrainingAcademy.com. We're an online dog training uh, website. You can check us out, OnDogTrainingAcademy.com. We do one-on-ones, virtual lessons. We have courses available. We're going to be start putting out webinars uh, and we're just trying to be a area you can go to and get some good digital help for your dog and you can talk to us anytime. So if you ever listen to our podcasts or if you've talked to me in person or whatever and you're like, hey, I'd like to pick his brain or I'd like to pick Jenny's brain about whatever it is dog training, reach out to us. Schedule a one-on-one. You can do that right from our website. So on dogtrainingacademy.com. The other thing I want to talk about is where I've been the last couple weeks. So um, we've had some medical stuff pop up with, with my wife and thankfully we're kind of on the right track of that. Um, on top of that, our summer schedule with dogs has been extremely busy. And so it's been a little more difficult to get on here. So I do apologize for missing the last couple weeks. Um, I definitely miss doing the podcast and I'm glad that I am back today to do it. I may start going to an every other week podcast throughout the summer just because it's such a busy time for, for us. And then I might jump back into weekly when the fall winter especially winter time comes up because that is a little bit slower for us when it comes to uh, activities just because while it's winter here it's snowy it's cold it's crappy we just hunker down inside and I tend to spend a lot more time on the computer this is actually the first time I've been back at my computer in probably a week and a half to do anything Um, I just been outside I've been working with the dogs doing a lot of different things so again guys I apologize for not being there um the last couple of weeks, I have been trying to do them weekly, but it just wasn't able to happen. So this week's episode, let's just get into this now. If it's enough chitter chatter, um, I kind of came up with this this idea a while ago, and then I had an idea to do a different podcast this morning, and just decided on a whim to just kind of wing it and talk about this subject in general, just because I think this is something that sometimes gets overlooked by people when they're trying to figure out why the heck their dog is doing something, you know. Um, when we deal with a lot of behavior cases, one of the questions we ask dog, one of the questions we ask the, the owners, not dogs, um, is, are there any environmental changes? What, has, what is going on in your house that could be possibly producing this issue you're running into, whatever it might be? And a lot of times on these forums, people go, well, nothing. Nothing's really going on. Nothing's changed, whatever. And then upon talking to them, we realize there are a lot of changes going on. There are a lot of changes going on. It could be, it could be a change of of a divorce, a pregnancy, a birth, um, the loss of a of a person um, from the house, a, a loss of another animal from the house. There's a lot of different things that could happen, and it could be subtle things too. It could be like, you know, this time of year. Well, actually, not quite this time of year, but but in another month or so, 
we're going to have, or people are going to have, we don't have kids, but people are going to have their kids leaving the house and going off to college. That changes the dynamic of the house. Now, you might not see it, well, you probably see it as a big deal, but you might not see it as a big deal when it pertains to dog behavior, but it can be. When it comes to the hierarchy, when it comes to who does what with the dog, when things shift, when energies shift, this is what can cause issues. But that's what I want to talk about today is I really want to talk about the three kind of energy things that we see popping up. Like we're going to talk about calm energy, high energy, and then when energy suddenly changes and how this can affect the dog. Um, and I will talk about positive negatives of both of them because um, we definitely live in, I think, a more calm energy. Uh, even though we had a dog business from our home, we have more of a calm energy but we do have fluctuations periodically, and you can see the effect it has in our dogs. So um, one thing I do like to joke about, as I got a dog settling in their kennel, there we go. One thing I do like to joke about, but it's actually kind of real, is when we get into behavior cases, and we're talking about, like, okay, what has changed in your house? What what energy, environmental stuff, what is going on? And we get into it, we almost kind of play, like, the role of, like, a a psychologist, not a psychologist, maybe a counselor, something where we have to like talk people through some issues. I mean, trust me, we're, we're dog people. We're not people people when it comes to trying to explain, you know, uh, certain issues, you know, like, why are you fighting with your spouse or whatever? Like that's not on us, but like we try to help people because there is a direct correlation between, uh, between some of your dog's behaviors that could suddenly be popping up and the energy. So the first energy I want to talk about is a calm energy. Like I said, this one's relatable to me because this is mostly how our house is. We are a fairly quiet house. We screen dogs to make sure that they are crate trained before they come into our program because we don't want dogs. We do this all from our home, so we don't want dogs screaming and crying all day and all night. We kind of want this to be a calm, easy environment so dogs can learn. However, there are disadvantages to a calm energy. Um, some of the disadvantages to the calm energy is the, that, that unless you expose your dog to it at a high frequency, and we live out in the country, so it's not as easy for us. We still do it, but it's not as easy for us to expose our own dog. And, and I'm just talking about our own dog. Client dogs, we we will go and expose them to to high energies just because it's, it's required. But our own dog, you know, he always gets put on the back burner. And... Um, what I find is high-level stimulations and stuff tend to stress him a little bit more, excite him a little bit more, stimulate him a little bit more. Um, and he handles it all very well. He's a very well-trained dog, but you can see it affecting him. And then you see other dogs in that same environment, and they're just totally fine. And, and you can clearly see, okay, well, our dog's life is is in a calm environment, in a you know, he lays around the house all day, hangs out with us, plays fetch outside. We play and we do stuff like that, of course, but there's just not a ton of crazy going on in his life. And so that definitely affects him, I think, on the side of when things do get crazy, you can see it maybe stimulate him a little bit more than it could have had he had been in that environment more. The 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 positive thing, though, I say with a calm environment is I think it just kind of feeds into a calm demeanor, a normal calm demeanor. Now, you can go into genetics, you can go into the the, the, the design of the dog, and this won't always pertain to dogs. Our dog is a Malinois. 
They are extremely high energy. But because of our situation, our environment, we're a calm environment, he has got a tremendous off switch where he can just chill out and just hang out with us without any issues. And I think that was something that it, it was something he learned at a, a young age through just the environment, the feel of everything. Um, but having that off switch, teaching that calm, that dog's able to just kind of shut down and just or, or shut it off and just chill without like a high environment, which we'll talk about here in a second, dogs are constantly typically being woken up or being distracted or being stimulated in some way. Um, so calm environment definitely has its pros and cons. They all do. The, the next one, high energy, same thing. So like a high energy situation, some people say, well, if you have a dog in high energy as a puppy, it can kind of just feed into a dog almost becoming accustomed to it and high stimulation not bothering the dog as much and you could throw that into a pro for sure i don't mind that i actually think it's 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 true to a degree but again you're looking at breeds and genetics and everything and 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 what are you doing within that energy um environment are you doing training or are you just letting the dog basically absorb all that energy and just blast it all everywhere you know that's that's kind of what you have to be careful about you know if i have a dog that lives in a high energy environment and i'm just letting them do whatever they want that dog's always going to do it and what i find and i guess this would be a downtown a down thing to it but what i find with high energy situations is dogs have a harder time relaxing it's almost like they need high energy in a sense to feel normal so when they get into a quiet environment so we have dogs that that come from very high energy situations or environments they come to us and we're calm we find that the dog has a harder time, not saying they never do, but they have a harder time settling in because they're so used to chaos or they're so used to noise or they're so used to movement and energy that because we're so calm here, it's almost uncomfortable to them. So, you know, definitely pros and cons to it. The pro to it, like I mentioned, you can your dog tends to if you're if you're tr- doing good obedience training and your dog is in high high stimulation or high energy environments, it tends to make them a little bit more um, able to handle situations. And you know, whether you if you live in a high energy or a calm energy, you can go and and search out the opposite of what your dog has. I think it's super good to say I need my dog to be balanced right? I need my dog to be, to, to be able to handle both a calm environment and be exposed to a calm environment and be able to handle and be exposed to a high, high energy environment, um, just for a good balanced, balanced dog. Um, so you can seek those out, you know, like for us, for our own dog, when he was younger, especially, because if we wouldn't have done anything with him in any high stimulation, I think he would have been a train wreck. I think that'd have been really hard on, on, any Malinois, you know, if you don't if you don't work them in high stimulation uh, environments, I think that can cause struggle long term. So we seeked it out. We went to playgrounds where there were kids running and screaming. Obviously, he we were on the outside of it safely, but like he would just kind of take that energy, and we'd take him to softball games. We'd take him to uh, dog training classes where there's a lot going on, and we just we did a lot of environmental stuff with him to kind of make up for our deficiencies. And I think that's super important to remember. You should acknowledge your deficiencies uh, in your environment and then seek out solutions to that. Um, high energy, you need to find places that are calm. Maybe 
maybe you you do some work when the kids are gone at school or something or they're sleeping or whatever you're going to try and do some calm work with your dog just to try and make sure your dog understands look there's times you can just chill out you know there's times you can be calm or like a high energy environment sometimes taking them somewhere like a park during the middle of the week when no one's there and just sitting in the grass and hanging out with them some dogs that's a stimulating environment but to a dog who's coming from a high energy environment that is actually a relatively calm place to be there's there's less going on so like i said you can seek them out you can definitely um uh, uh get a balance which i think is really good the last one i want to talk about and this one is the one where we see and i mentioned this kind of at the beginning but we see the biggest impact when it comes to like negative behavior um changes in dogs is the changing energies. And I don't mean like natural changing energies where it's like, you know, you're preparing for a party or something, so you have a little bit of stress. So your energy levels, the energy in the house kind of goes up. Or, or uh, you know, something goes on where there's a lot more calm and you're a little more uh, subdued. Like those roller coaster ebb and flows, I think that stuff is all totally normal. And I think most dogs can, can handle that. What I'm talking about is your big energy shifts your high peaks and your low lows. Your high peaks could be you get into a fight with your spouse or whatever and there's a lot of screaming and yelling and it starts to one event or short events is one thing. But if if suddenly again, we're not marriage counselors, we're not relationship counselors, I don't know any of this stuff. This is just my observations and experience. Um but we always find that when people are having trouble in their relationships, it directly, it can directly, especially if you have a dog who, if you have a dog who's sensitive to energies, it can directly affect the dog and what the dog does. Same thing where if, like I mentioned, if a kid leaves for school, goes to college, if someone, if you're getting a divorce and there's a split, so all of a sudden, the person who maybe did most of the training or was seen as like the alpha or whatever you want to call it in the house, suddenly that person leaves. And now there's a big shift in hierarchy. Like these things matter to the dogs. And so these big shifts can cause dogs to act out. Now, what does act out mean? Well, it can be it can be suddenly a, a push to become higher up on the hierarchy. Hierarchy. Maybe it means the dog goes, well, the the alpha person's gone, so I'm gonna push myself up. I've always seen this is the dog talking. I've always seen myself above you. So I'm going to go ahead and push myself to be above you. Now, I don't think this is super, super common. I think what we see more of is suddenly a dog who wasn't made or forced to listen to a certain person. And that person becomes their main trainer or person to deal with. That's where you see that they butt heads a little bit. Suddenly the person saying, you have to come to me. And the dog saying, you never make me come to you. Why do I have to do it now? No, I'm not going to do it. And there's that there's that issue. Um, extreme changes in energy could also make a dog depressed. I've seen dogs who lose uh, people or other dogs in the house kind of go into a bit of a depression. And I think this dep- depression stems from um, pattern changes, right? They're so conditioned. Dogs get patterned and, and they get into these routines, just like people get into these routines. But dogs get into routines and suddenly... When a person or another dog or another animal is no longer part of that routine, it shifts things and it can confuse a dog and almost make a dog seem seem depressed. 
Uh, that doesn't mean you go put them on medication or anything. A lot of times they can work through it through just training and games and distractions and whatever, but that can definitely happen. Um, traumatic events in the house. This Traumatic events meaning, so I've said this now, I swear I've probably mentioned this every podcast episode now um, this summer, but the storm that hit in 2019, that shifted the energy in the house when storms happen. So my dog's behavior changes quite a bit from his normal resting behavior to storms hitting. Suddenly he peeks up, he does shaking, he gets uncomfortable, um, he's afraid. And you also have to remember too, stress comes out differently to different dogs. So when a dog is stressed, sometimes it can come out as what seems like attention-seeking behavior, barking, jumping, biting, um, playing keep away. It seems like attention-seeking behavior, but it's stress. Stress can also cause a dog to spin up and be like what you would consider out of control or what what some people say is disobedient. Oh, I yelled at my dog and, and they just started running around and, and barking and lost their mind. Well, it's not the dog necessarily being disobedient. It could be the dog being stressed and this is how the the extreme stress looks like from your dog um, there's obviously ways to train it and stuff and you can certainly do a one-on-one with us if you have questions about this to kind of answer some of these um, but I wanted you guys to kind of think about what energy is your house now you could say well we have both but really look at what is your main energy don't look at the weekend look at Monday through Friday look at the bulk of your the bulk of your dog's life that Monday through Friday what does that look like yeah the weekends you might have parties or people over or do some other stuff but what is but, but what is your Monday through Friday that's going to give you kind of your bulk energy of your house and that's sort of where if you don't do a lot during the week because you're to and from work and whatever, that might be more of a calm energy house. If you're a stay-at-home parent and your kids are yelling and screaming Monday through Friday, and then over the weekends, well, it might be the same too. Who knows? I think all of that kind of plays into more of a high energy. But think about what energy or what energy your environment is, and then figure out what your deficiencies are probably and you're going to probably see a correlation. Where your dog struggles is probably sitting with that other environmental energy as opposed to the other. So, guys, I hope this was helpful for you. Like I said, I'm going to try to get back to doing at least every other week. I apologize for not being consistent in the last month or so, but I'm going to do my best to get back on it. Um, but you guys can always check out. We have over 60, 60, which is crazy. We have over 60 podcasts that are banked in the library. So you can go on to, if wherever you're listening to this from, you can scroll back and you can see a buttload of old podcasts, all with very good, all with relative, with, with still very good information, still current information. I can't think of any that has changed at all. And if it does change, I'll do another podcast to cover it. But guys, thank you for listening. Like I said, if you want to talk to me one-on-one, you can schedule a virtual lesson through ondogtrainingacademy.com. And uh, other than that, guys, check our courses out. Check our website out. And comment on this, too. It's always good. Review the podcast if you get a chance. I think that helps the algorithm and it helps get this out more. Um, But comment, like it, share it. Do what you got to do, guys. We appreciate you. I will do my best to see you guys next week or the week after. Until then, guys, stay safe. 